everyone, welcome to this week's episode of History from the Back Pages. We've looked at a variety of historical figures for this season's theme, season four. We've looked at a variety of kings, queens, emperors, dukes, presidents, and more. We're going to look at another president for this week's episode. We've looked at President John Tyler. President Zachary Taylor, and also looked at President Lucy's S. Grant when I watched the documentary that came out on History Channel on Memorial Day weekend, looked at all three of the episodes, watched them, and then for the episode, which was number two, so if you want to go back and listen to that one, feel free to listen to any of these past episodes. That one looked at my thoughts on it and kind of a review slash preview overview of the miniseries. Now we're going to look at another president. This one is not the most well-known. When you ask people to name five presidents, he's not one that will probably be named very often. And that is Chester Allen Arthur, the 21st president of the United States. And I'm getting this information from mostly... Presidents, every question answered by Carter Smith for by Alan Weinstein. I've used it for the other episodes we looked at for John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Lucius Grant. Great source of knowledge. Really enjoy using it to conduct these podcast episodes. And President Arthur was sworn in in 1881 when James Garfield, 20th President of the United States, was shot and killed by Charles Guti, who history now looks at as a man who was mentally ill. He wanted to be a diplomat in President Garfield's administration. He was rejected, wasn't qualified. Thus, when President Garfield was in a train station in Washington, D.C., with a variety of people such as James Blaine, the Secretary of State, Garfield was shot in the back two times, and then a few months later, died. They were not able to remove the bullet from his back. Also, poor medical treatment contributed to his death a few months later. So thus, Garfield passed, and Arthur got sworn in. Arthur was a member of the Stalwarts. He previously worked with Roscoe Boss Conkling, a political boss, a man of political machine, corrupt. Think corrupt when you think of Roscoe Boss Conkling at the time, getting bribes, doing dirty deeds, corruption, and Arthur worked with him. So the stalwart party of the Republican Party was the one that Arthur was part of. And there became a divide later on because James Blaine, who was Secretary of State under Garfield, now Secretary of State under Arthur, was part of the Half-Breed Faction, which was a rival of the Stalwarts. So thus Blaine resigned early on in Arthur's term. But you might think that since Arthur kind of owed a lot of his political success to Roscoe Boss Conkling, that whatever Mr. Conkling wanted, Arthur would say, of course, my lord, or kind of be his pawn, his puppet, 
master <laughs> like, like a lot of these ones we've looked at where the president had to come in due to unknown circumstance or a tragic death a lot of times the historical record shows people believed they would be incompetent or a puppet for their party's whims but Arthur did not bow, bend the knee to Roscoe Conkling and his stalwart supporters he kind of distanced himself from them which was surprising and still is looked at as surprising considering the power that the stalwarts had at the time and some things that Arthur did that were good some things he did were bad he's no not the perfect president he's listed towards the bottom he's not the worst we'll definitely say he's not one of the worst but he's probably towards the lower bo lower bottom so like in the 30s or so would be where Chester A. Arthur would be ranked some of the things he did that aren't flattering aren't good was that he banned Chinese immigrants to come to the United States at the time labor unions and labor groups were not happy with Arthur and one thing that he did was interesting he was involved in looking at a bribe that took place which this happened when postmaster Thomas James who was working for James Garfield discovered that some employees of the US Postal Service have been taking bribes in exchange for star route contracts in the West and what is a star route you ask there are mail routes that were subcontracted to private companies since they were accessible by stagecoach or riverboat. They found nine men guilty, but in the end, none of them faced any charges or any time in prison. Even though there had been a foreman who alleged the government officials had attempted to bribe him and get these star routes ready to go. So in the end, none of the nine men were found guilty. Another thing he did was that Garfield had died. So Arthur, he passed the Pension Service, Civil Service Reform Act under public pressure. The first major attempt at reforming the corrupt Silver Service system. Basically, this was a free person commission. It has to do with corruption. So instead of people in politics being given fancy positions and higher up positions due to political gifts or name it was done on merit so they actually were skilled deserved to be in that position not due to corruption bribes along those lines because Arthur had been associated with corruption due to his work with Roscoe Boss Conkling the political machine under Boss and one of the most corrupt men of this time in the 1880s and at this time there's still the growing tension divide between the half-breeds and the stalwarts is looking like the Republican Party won't be nominated Chester Arthur in the next term so the 1888 election he probably won't be nominated James Blaine's getting a lot of power as leader of half-breeds and his faction the Republican Party he's probably going to be the choice not Arthur but there was one reason why it ended up not mattering for Arthur he kind of hid it from the public view, but Arthur was very ill at this time. He suffered from Bright's disease, a fatal illness of the kidneys, but he kept his horrible and poor health a secret. 
So no one knew that Arthur was in a sense dying at this time in the late mid 1880s. And and ended up in 1886, only two years after leaving office, he passed away at age 56 due to Bright's disease. And it's interesting how a president who comes into office can be viewed as very corrupt, but his term actually ends up being one of the more honest and less corrupt terms in recent memory, which is pretty interesting, especially due to Roscoe Boss Conkling's kind of influence. His term was short, like I said, because James Blaine was the more powerful. He got to be the nominee in the 1888 election. He ended up losing to the next president of the United States, Grover Cleveland. And Arthur, pretty much his term, 1881 to 1885, not too much happened that is devastating. Some cool things happened was the Washington Monument is dedicated to Washington, D.C. It's built. That's very cool. Arthur installed the first elevator in the White House during his term, which also is cool. Cool fact. And... Another thing I want to talk about his wife, the First Lady, Ellen Lewis Herndon Arthur. She was the only child and born to a well-connected Virginia family. She was also had a beautiful voice, singing gift. And sadly, she didn't get to serve in the White House as the First Lady. She died suddenly out of nowhere of pneumonia a year before his election as Vice President, so in 1880. And Arthur had to refurbished the White House himself, installed the first elevator. He got help from his sister, Mary McElroy, who served as the hostess for White House gatherings and parties, which that definitely helped Arthur, who was now a widower at the time. And that's pretty much all that needs to be talked about President Arthur. He's sworn in suddenly to the death of James A. Garfield, who assassinated Garfield. President James Garfield shot and killed by Charles Guti. Chester Arthur takes over. His presidency thought to be one of the, going to be going in one of the most corrupt, ends up not being as corrupt as could have been fought. And I think that's really it for this week's episode on Chester Arthur. Not a ton of happened. Some cool quotes that I like to talk about. I like to read quotes if I can find them. And one he said was, I may be president of the United States, but my private life is nobody's damned business. Which definitely is president. People in the media, the news, public view, want to learn all they can about the president, see all the gossip, stories, think of e-news. But... His private life was nobody's business, in his opinion, at least. And stay tuned for next week's episode of History from the Back Pages. We're getting closer to the end, I think, of people who have ruled, such as kings, queens, presidents. There's not as many as I would have thought who are very interesting need to be talked about that are lesser known. There are some that are well known I could talk about, but... That's not this podcast. This podcast is to focus on people, places, events that aren't as well known, not the most known. So not like Queen Elizabeth, Queen Victoria, 
Franklin Roosevelt. I don't want to talk about the most well-known people of history. Well, his maybe could we talk about President Roosevelt because there's a lot of stuff you might not know about him. So that might be an exception. And yeah, thanks for listening. I'll get to release some more on upcoming episodes soon. Next week, stay tuned. And you can find history from back pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And newly, there is on Facebook a page, History from the Back Pages. Just type that in Facebook. You'll find it. Most of the time, if you want to get in touch with me, use Instagram That's or Facebook. Those are the two that I use most to talk about upcoming news and events on the show. And thanks for being fans of History from the Back Pages. I've loved making all these episodes so far. And stay tuned for next week's episode in next week. So thank you. Have a good rest of your week and see you soon here on History for the Back Pages. Colin Sugg signing out.